Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by freshmen on the Princeton women's hockey team, uh, Catherine Kramsaw. Uh, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and how's everything going? Everything's great. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. We're excited to have you on. I might as well just call you a sophomore at this point. Is that official, or do you still want to consider yourself a freshman until you until your first day of class next year or this August? No, sophomore. <laughs> I like sophomore. Yes. All sophomore. right. All right. Well, how has your offseason been going so far? And do you have anything fun planned or rather talk related or not? My offseason has been great. It's been pretty structured. I've been practicing, um, took a trip to Italy with, with my family, which was phenomenal. We visited uh, Lake Como, Milan, Florence, and Rome. And it was beautiful to like learn the culture and the history. But in terms of hockey, I have been training with like local boys and who played juniors as I grew up in Maryland. Some of those boys were my teammates. So just coming back on the ice with them is absolutely amazing. Um, I'll be taking a summer math class starting Monday, unfortunately, um, in order just to get ahead at school and as well as in other classes. I'll be trying to get ahead in the summer in order to fully, as well as hockey, focus on school and academics during the season. Um, currently in Maine right now for the 4th of July, which has been wonderful by the lake. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be a structured summer, just training, working at a local restaurant, and then, yeah. Well, it's good that you're getting that math class during the summer because it's, in my opinion, the toughest subject. So you, know, I want to be full focused on math during the summer. Don't have to worry, worry too much about hockey. And then once the class is over, you can start focusing on hockey. It's easier to balance, I feel like, other classes that aren't math with hockey just because it's such a tough and challenging subject. Absolutely. Yeah. Math took, yeah, it took the best of me at <laughs> freshman year. So it's, it's better to do it in the summer. So that is exactly my train of thought. Is this your last one you have to take and then you're done with that gen ed course? No, I have one more math that I will be taking in the fall and then I'm done with my math classes at Princeton. Hopefully, That's, that's good. That's good. Well, yeah. that's good that you're having a good summer. What part of Italy would you recommend people visiting since you visited all over the place? I heard Rome is pretty awesome. Rome is great, but it's it's hot and there's a lot of tourists right now. Um, just standing in the line for the Colosseum was under the sun was very hot. But I would recommend Lake Como and Florence. I thought that Florence wasn't very touristy and that Lake Como was absolutely the most beautiful place I've seen. It's the lake and just the beautiful houses. So I would recommend Lake Como and Florence. And I was reading up about yourself. You did an internship in DC uh, this past summer. Um, how is this summer sort of compared to last summer? Because it seems like you're always busy doing something. So yeah, after high school, I went to an all girls um, Catholic high school and part of our senior um, kind of assignment task was to have an internship. So I interned at the DC bar which with um, a prosecutor and she was absolutely phenomenal. I worked with her for close to a month towards the end of my senior year. Um, it, I don't want to go into law, which I'm very happy that internship gave me the opportunity to figure out that I law is not for me, but this summer I won't, I don't have an internship. Um, just, just happy to be home, mm -hmm. just working at a local restaurant. But I think in the future, absolutely next year, I will have to get an internship. Yeah. Well, in regards to training, what's something that you want to work on the most uh, for the upcoming season? Speed. I think speed is my top priority. I think the speed in college hockey 
was is much faster than club and so in order to achieve becoming faster I've been working with power skating coaches I mean one of the for the Washington Capitals development she is their power skating coach so I've been working with her and she's absolutely amazing except she picks apart every single technique that you have and just reteaches you how to skate but that's exactly what I would want for the upcoming season yeah that's awesome. Well, I hope that you're the fastest player on the Princeton women's hockey team next year. Um, when I watch you guys play, but I want to I want to transition now and talk about the beginning of your career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. So, obviously, like you mentioned, you're from Maryland. Uh, so, talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Because Maryland doesn't seem like a hockey hub, at least to me, being from New England. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. No, you're right. <laughs> You're right. Um, Maryland is not a hockey hub, but we do produce. I think that our area has produced good players um, in the past couple of years. So I started with following my brother's footsteps. My brother's four years older and my parents decided to put him into hockey. And naturally, I wanted to be like him and do everything he did. So I followed. I started much younger than him. So I probably started when I was five, um, started skating. Um, and then I transitioned to playing boys. So I played boys till second year Bantam. So I played double A boys for Montgomery Blue Devils. And then I played triple A boys for Team Maryland. Um, it was triple A hockey. It was great. So I played with them for three years. But after that, I went to Pennsylvania. But I think that just growing up in Maryland and playing hockey there is very special because all the the players know that i mean we don't have like boarding schools around us so i think that like our teams are are pretty strong when they're like very young so and some of my past teammates in maryland have been some of my best friends so i love growing up in maryland and playing hockey there and it's, it's special that you play hockey everyone plays lacrosse but then it's like oh you play hockey so it's yeah. special who was your favorite player growing up? If I had to guess, probably Alex Ovechkin, since you're in the D.C. area, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you're pretty much <laughs> nail on the head. Besides Ovechkin, I would say Kuznetsov. I think that Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer, but I think coaches don't want me to like him as much because all he does is have a wicked one-timer. So I would say Evgeny Kuznetsov because of his like decision-making. He's so deceptive and creative, and I think – I've also got the opportunity to meet him. So I spoke in Russian with him. I'm per I'm Russian, my family. That's my Russian heritage. So we spoke together in Russian and his personality is so fun and his celebrations are amazing. So I would say Evgeny Kuznetsov. That's awesome. Uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, I think Ovechkin, I feel like everyone obviously talks about his one-timer, but I think he's a much better skater than people give him credit for. I agree with that. I absolutely agree. I think that he's a, good player especially when he was young he was very he's beyond skilled but he's not just a goal scorer in my opinion yeah I like my favorite one of my favorite Ovechkin highlights is the hit he had on Subban where Subban tried to rock him and I think he forgot how like tough Ovechkin is and he like pretty much fell over it was it's the funny one of the funniest hockey clips I've seen in a while Ovechkin is massive I mean the complimentations of him absolutely <laughs> hitting people and decking is <laughs> it's always fun to watch them yeah have you have you met Ovechkin before? I have met him twice. Yes. What's he like in person? Because he seems like the funniest guy ever. 
there's he's so funny he's so amazing I got to ask him questions so it was through Russian school so I took Russian school classes on Saturdays and my Russian school got to meet all the Russian Washington Capitals players and they're all of them are so funny and he loves to joke around with Kuznetsov and tease them um and he's a great personality yeah so you got to talk to him in Russian too yeah that's awesome I'm trying to think of the other Russian players in Washington Capitals history Samsonov I don't know if he was there when you met, if you met him or not. He was there as well as Dmitry Orlov was there. Oh, nice. I'm a big Bruins fan. It was fun watching him for like half the season. Unfortunately, uh, going to Carolina, but good yeah. player though. I think a lot of people underrate him. He's a great defenseman. Absolutely. It was sad. It was heartbreaking when he went to the Bruins. But what, uh, what, what did you tell Ovechkin in Russian? I'm just curious about that. What did I ask him? Hmm. I think I asked him because he played for so many, he played for the Russian national team. And I asked him, what is the most important component that takes you to that next level? So that's what I asked him in Russian. Yeah, I do remember. What did he, do you remember what he said? <laughs> I feel like I should remember what Alexander <laughs> Rechkin told me, but <laughs> so no, sadly. That's awesome. I think everyone has, you obviously remember the Crosby of Rechkin rivalry. And a lot of my friends were Crosby guys. And I feel like I was like the only OV guy. So I'm good. It's good. To, whenever I meet another OV person, it's like, it makes me happy because I feel like a lot of people are more Crosby guys, at least, unless, especially the people I've interviewed on this podcast. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that you're an Ovechkin stand. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he beats Gretzky's record. I'm I hope fine. he does too, because I want to see that. It's like, I feel like I've never really witnessed any historical hockey moments. And I feel like that would definitely be one of them. And I could tell my kids that I saw Ovechkin break his record, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think he, when he beat, I think he beat Gordie Howe. So when he beat Gordie Howe, I was at that game and they like returned the tickets to us just so we could frame them. So oh, I'm counting down his goals. I think, do you think he does it? Does what? Do you think he eventually breaks Wayne Gretzky's record? Because I feel like he has to maintain like 50 goals in like four years and he's starting again in his 40s, which I feel like might be tough. I think he's going to do it. I don't I, think he's going to leave the NHL without achieving it. <laughs> I think he I think he does do it, but I think he does it later than people expect. He's going to be like in his mid-40s and finally gets it done because he stays like an extra year just to do it, which would be pretty awesome to see. He would absolutely take a year <laughs> to extra to achieve it. I know he wants to. Yeah, especially if you're this close. Now, we do have to talk about your career because that's why you're on the podcast, um, but so you obviously played on a bunch of different teams before heading off to college, um, but you started off your women's career pretty much with Penn's Elite. So my question is, what made you made the transition to go from boys hockey to girls hockey? And how did you get the opportunity to play for Penn's Elite? So in Bantams, I played both um, AAA boys as well as uh, Penn's Elite. So that was a very challenging year for my daddy. He had to travel everywhere, um, lots of hotels and traveling. But I think that I made the transition in order to gain college exposure. I didn't gain college exposure being playing boys. I mean, girls, women's college coaches don't come to those games. Um, so I was I went to a girls camp and this uh, very figure, Kathy Pippi. She's very um, not the godmother. That's what I call exactly. her. <laughs> exactly. She helped me tremendously in my college exposure and getting me to pencil lead. So she was a very fabulous person to help my family and I with that. So she kind of made the transition to pencil lead. Um, her advice is always right. I would say she's always right. So that was a decision. I, I loved pencil. I played there for four years, but I mean, the first year with, um, 
playing AAA boys was I would have a Penn's League tournament in Boston and AAA boys in Boston. I, there was one day where I played four games and my it was ridiculously hard, but it was absolutely necessary. So that's how I kind of got into Penn's Elite. Yeah. We'll talk about your Penn's Elite hockey experience and what you just took away from it when you look back on it now. Yeah, I I love the organization. I love I love my four years at Penn's Elite. I think that U14 my first year, so I joined my first year U14. It was it was different being in a locker room with girls. It was it was very different than being in a crazy locker room with boys. So I think that the camaraderie we had at Penn State was very unique. And then from that U14 team, we went to second year U14, and that's when we won a national championship in California. And that's any club team's goal. And achieving that in sunny California was absolutely amazing. I think that the components of like coaching, how close we were on and off the ice, and as well as the depth that our team had, I think that every single player knew their role and we just had such a successful season on and off the ice and we were all friends. And I think that's what made not only that year, but all four years at Penn State so special because some of the girls are one of my greatest friends. So, and I think that the organization, I was a tournament player for Penn State, so they allowed me to go to the games and I would practice at home. So that was also sometimes difficult to find practices at home, but I think that Penn State was very lenient and they were an absolute wonderful organization to be a part of. Now, during your time with Penn State, you had to deal with a lot of challenges, mainly due to the pandemic. Um, I felt like your class had to deal with it the worst just because it was right smack dab in the middle of like your big development years, like your sophomore and junior year of high school. So my question is, how did you handle that challenge? And how do you make you a better player when you're trying to get how when you were trying to improve your game during that time? How do you think it made you a better player when you were dealing with all the adversities of less playing time? Obviously, not a lot of fans in the stands, but also just sort of the restrictions that you had to deal with. Yeah, so I think obviously the ranks were shut down and everything. I think some of the challenges was just stepping foot on ice was a huge component that everyone was lacking. So in order to battle that, my dad, who I'd say is my number one support in hockey, drove me to North Carolina just for a public skate. That would be unimaginable, but and during the pandemic, I guess those were the measures that you had to take. Um, but as well as I think that I purchased rollerblades and I innovated my garage where I had a net stick handling. And I think that it taught me to that you can succeed and develop by yourself you don't have to step foot on the ice just to become a better player there's so many areas you can improve on by yourself and not even in hockey but just taking the time to practice yourself and just working on a certain skill during the pandemic allowed me to when I returned on the ice to become better so I think that translated that each person had to like put in their own work and dedication and then in the end it's figure out who put in that work and who didn't so I think that taught me that you have to like put in your own work and practice in order to succeed yeah now you then went on to play for the Philadelphia Junior Flyers what led you to make that transition and go from pencil to there I think it was so Philadelphia Junior Flyers had such an eager and wonderful coaching staff and I think it was also as well as closer to my house. Philadelphia is only two hours from my house. So that was a um, big component of my senior year of high school. And as well as I think it was the best opportunity for my 
skill development before entering college. Um, I think that some of the awesome players were joining that team and their coaching staff was absolutely wonderful. So I joined their team and I absolutely enjoyed it all, all year long. It was great. So you're a Caps fan, but you played for the Penguins and Flyers before college. It's pretty crazy to think about. <laughs> it's disappointing. It's disappointing <laughs> that I wore a Penn's jersey. It's yeah. It was tough. I had to embrace it, sadly. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, stepping into Lemieux, I mean, you'd see Sidney Crosby practicing and just be like, <laughs> watching Ovechkin. But, yeah, it, it was it was tough. But yeah, I got over it. Crosby's a good dude, though, from what I've never met him, but everyone says he's a nice guy. Yeah, really? Yeah, I've never met him before, but from people that have, they said that he's an incredible human being. So I'll give him that. I would I would absolutely love to meet him. Um, Too, same. <laughs> who wouldn't want to meet such a great player? I think, he, I think he seems nice in his – he doesn't seem nice in the Caps combination videos, but – Yeah. Well, I will say I think he's a better playmaker than Ovechkin. Like, he can really set up plays. And his vision on the ice, I think, is the best I've ever seen. Uh, so I think that's what separates him from Ovechkin. But I think Ovechkin has a better shot and is a better pure goal scorer than Crosby. Absolutely agreed. Absolutely. What's the best memory you have with the Junior Flyers? Best memory was perhaps our last tournament. It was the national. It was the Nationals. It was our last tournament. And although we lost in the national championship game, but – I think that it wasn't even – it wasn't how far we made it in the tournament. I think that it was the experience, and it was also my last tournament playing club hockey. I think that, like, since being six years old, you go to hotels, you drive with your parents, you drive with your dad, you stay in the hotel with your dad, and that was my last tournament um, playing for clubs. So that was very sentimental, and it was a wonderful tournament. We were undefeated, and it was – we would come back to the hotel, and we would hang out together, and then – everyone was on the exact same page in terms of our goal there. So it was, it was wonderful to see after progressing an entire year, how each player was so kind of dialed in to have the same goal of winning the national championship. Sadly, the little Caesars won, but that was one of the greatest tournaments I've had. And it it was my last one. So that's what made it special and was the best memory with junior flyers. You did win one though at Penn's elite. So at least you don't get to say that. You never won one before heading off to college. Exactly. Yeah. So it was can't go. My club hockey career has been absolutely awesome. Yeah. And how do those experiences help prepare you for college? Obviously, you're traveling around a lot. That's something you do in college. You're probably balancing both hockey and academics. That's also something you do in college. Um, and just also you're playing with and against the other division one commits. So when you sort of make that transition, you sort of know where it's like playing against those type of players. So at least from my perspective as an outsider, that's probably how it prepared you. But is there any other thing that I might be missing that it helped, how it helped prepare you for the collegiate level once you made that transition? I would say just playing with various players. Pensily brought in girls from Canada. They brought in girls from different parts of the country, and so did Junior Flyers. And I think that it pretty much the team changed. And Pensily didn't change quite often, but – For example, joining junior flyers, I think that playing with various players and seeing what skill they bring is very crucial to understand and then kind of um, know your role. And that translated to college hockey, where I've never played with any of these girls. They're for different. We had girls from Sweden, Canada, and just having the ability to like play with different different 
players that bring in different skills is very important as well as being coachable. I mean, in your career, you have different coaches and to be coachable is very important. And in college hockey, you're taught different, different techniques, different plays, and you have to be coachable in order to kind of succeed and to bring something to the team. And you get to be coached by one of the best um, college hockey coaches, in my opinion, and Coach Kara Mori, I think she's the best, one of the nicest people ever as well. So I'll give her a shout out because I'm pretty sure she's going to be listening to this. Um, but what's it like uh, being coached by her? Absolutely fantastic. It is. She brings energy every single day on the bus, off the bus, on the ice. She is absolutely great personality. Um, I think that even in my recruitment process, I don't think there's a different coach that I'd want to play for. And I think that she was a huge selling point of coming to Princeton because I wanted to be coached by her. And even listening to her speeches that she brings, she is so passionate and so 100% into the Princeton women's ice hockey program. And her, her practices are hard. They're grueling, but they're also fun. And her, off the ice is also a very important component. She's not just a coach. She's also a great mentor and figure to be around every single day in college is something very special. And there's just no other coach I would want in my college career. Well, what was your recruiting process like with Princeton? What made you want to go there for some of the schools you might have looked at? My recruitment process started pretty early. It was before the rules changed. So I committed freshman year of high school, which is, it's quite early, but I had a great recruitment process. I'm very grateful for the other schools. Um, and it was obviously a, a tough choice, but I think that Princeton, aside from the high level of hockey and the drive to win, I think it was the academics. Academics is something that I highly value. And Princeton is very academically rigorous. And I think that the opportunity to do both is what I wanted in my college, um, in my college experience, as well as I think it's one of the most beautiful campuses there is. It's it's biased to say, but I absolutely think that is the case. But I think that high level academics and hockey and the perfect balance of that is what sold me on the coaching staff as well. How do you sort of balance? How do you sort of balance academics and hockey? Because obviously going to an Ivy League school, it's a lot different than what most college hockey players experience just because the workload is very more is a lot more intense but it's also a lot more just work in general so how do you sort of learn to balance that during the season it's quite different than middle school and high school where you can finish a paper in the car and then call it a day um it took a lot you have to seek help i think that some people have difficulty including myself to seek help but it's okay in college and in life to ask for help. It's important to have a direct line of communication with your coaches, professors, deans. That was very crucial. And seeking help, for example, Princeton offers great, um, or like a program where you can get tutoring and like group tutoring and then people help you with your work. And I think that it's always okay to ask for help. So, but also knowing how to study for a certain class and subject, that's very important with knowing your schedule, knowing when you have an exam or a paper due. So that was very crucial as well as using the time on the bus. The bus after practice, it's it's homework and you have to you just have to figure out how to time manage. Yeah. 
I don't know how you don't get car sick reading on the bus. That's that's something that I'm still trying to learn even now. <laughs> I don't read. That's why I do math. I oh. <laughs> to read, so I would do math problems on the bus if I needed to. That's good. That's good. We should learn how to balance that too. Now let's talk about um, your this past season with Princeton. Obviously, you guys get to play in the ECAC, and I think a lot of people kind of consider the WCHA one of the best conferences in women's college hockey, but I would say the ECAC is up there. I would say it's definitely the most competitive because I think teams one through eight, anyone has a chance to win and win, I, not just win a game, but like win the entire conference and make the tournament. I think it just shows you how much parity it is if you just look at the standings and how competitive it is. Uh, what's it like playing in the ECAC and just the competition you play every game? Playing teams like Quinnipiac, Colgate, Clarkson, like that's a grind every every weekend to sort of have to play those teams, but it must prepare you very well when tournament time comes. I think that you described it perfectly. It's beyond competitive. Every single team is strong. There's no off games. You just can't have them because every single team is very strong. It's not, it's close to impossible to absolutely blow out a team in the ECAC. You did with Quinnipiac though. You got that guy in goal. So (laughs) (laughs) that was a highlight. We beat them 11 three and that was, yeah, that was wonderful. Yes. That does happen on occasion when (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that happened, but we played phenomenal that game. Um, But competitive and as well, it's fun. ECAC is very fun. It's I love being on the East Coast and then going to like Colgate where there's snow. So that's very fun. I think that seeing um, traveling along the East Coast um, is a great opportunity. And it's good, I think, that for the team that you always have to show like you have to show up for a battle with every single team and I think that's important because if you play an easy team you could potentially slack off but in the ECAC you don't have that opportunity to just slack off because every team is so strong so I think that also makes your team much stronger what was like the biggest adjustment you make to college hockey was the speed like you're mentioning sort of trying to work on that but I feel like the physicality is something that really jumps out to me when I watch junior girls hockey versus college hockey like some of these some of these women, they're throwing the body around much more than I would expect, especially when there's technically no body checking allowed. So how do you sort of, what was sort of like the biggest adjustment that you had to make to college hockey? Exactly. Speed and physicality. I think that playing against seniors was, I mean, in in club you play against pretty much your age, but in college hockey you play against 22-year-old seniors, 23 maybe. And the physicality they bring it's hard to get the puck from them. So you have to um, transition your game also to become more physical in order to compete with the other team. So I think that in the skill, I mean, or the speed, the first game I played, I was in shock. I came to the bench and it was just so fast and it it was so tiring. So I think that practicing obviously made it better, but I think that just improving your speed is crucial because the game is fast. Now, one of the things you guys got to do last year is you guys got to play in Nashville at this Nashville hockey tournament. How cool was it to participate in that? And what did you take away just from the experience going down south? It was awesome. I love Nashville. Nashville, I've been there for tournaments in the past, and I think that it's such a fun city. And to go there freshman year with your closest teammates and your coaching staff was, I think that's an opportunity that not every single team obviously gets. So it's beyond grateful to have that but it was just so fun I mean 
the atmosphere of the city. Everyone is so excited. Everyone's wearing their cowboy hats and cowboy boots and everyone wants to have fun, but also is so fun to play against team like a team like Northeastern that's not in the ECAC. I think that seeing how they play and how you would compete against them was also an experience that that um we absolutely loved. Um we beat Colgate in or Cornell in a shootout and that was a very special moment for our team because I think that our the entire team played amazing that game from the goalie to every single player. It was just a truly team win and to do it in Nashville, it was so special. Did you guys do anything fun uh, off the ice? We went to oh yes, we went to the Grand Ole Opry. Yes. Nice. That was wonderful to hear. I think everyone went to Broadway Street to get cowboy hats and boots. And unfortunately, my dad did not want to buy me one. I already had some at home. So, but yeah, we went to Broadway Street, eat great barbecue, Grand Old Opry. It was fantastic Thanksgiving break or fall break. Yeah. Well, you guys had the best pregame outfits of probably the entire season in that Nashville trip. Uh, that was <laughs> awesome. How'd you guys sort of come up with that? Because I, I know there was had to be coordination. I think that majority of our team is just so stylish. We didn't even need coordination. I think that some of our players, I don't have the best style. And coaches, too. Like coaches. Coach Coach Moore was, was had one of the best style on the entire team as well. Absolutely. <laughs> she wore her white boots. Shame. <laughs> and she was walking around the locker room with her boots. And she was on the bench. I think she was on the bench with her boots. And it's it was awesome. I think that everyone on our team, for the most part, is pretty stylish. But some some players carry some players carry the style on the team. You that, had good style, though. I will I will tell you that. <laughs> no, that's that's not my position. I wish I was a little more stylish. But hey, you made it on some of the CHT outfits of the weekend post. So you got <laughs> I got to give you the tip of the cap to that because that's, that's okay. a, those are very hard to get in get get sure. make it. I will take that. Well, we'll talk it. about style a little bit on the non-hockey segment, but getting back to sort of um, your season, um, what was sort of the biggest improvement that you made to your game uh, from the start of your freshman year to the end of your season um, in February? I think that decision-making and hockey IQ kind of improved. I think that as well as since the speed is getting much faster, it's not like club hockey where you can just carry and take the puck and perhaps score or make a pass towards the end and then have success. You can't do it by yourself in college hockey. It's just, it's not possible. So that was something I had to improve on. I think I personally did improve on was finding the next play, looking up, picking my head up and rather than skating it by yourself, moving it forward. And I think that is something that I still have three years to improve on, but that was something, a skill that I needed to get better at freshman year. And I think that, um that did improve over the time yeah now talk about your team's performance this past season and just sort of what you took took away from it because I thought you guys played very well for the majority of the year last year I thought you guys were a really strong team I just it, I feel like you know just sometimes uh the puck doesn't bounce your way sometimes and I feel like you guys had some bad puck luck throughout uh dur during certain games but I think you there was a lot of growth with some of your players um, in regards to improvements, like I thought every player really took a step forward. And I think that's definitely something to sort of um, very important thing to do for next season in regards to sort of thinking about your goals and expectations. Yes, absolutely. We had, we did not have the best puck luck. That is, that is true. We had a little bit, um, 
of a slow start. I think that our team was extremely skilled. We had phenomenal players and everyone was on the same page, but I think that we just had a bit of a slow start and that kind of caught up to us in the end. Um, We played, we picked it up towards the end where we beat Quinnipiac. We played very well against Colgate and perhaps we could have won that series. Sadly, we didn't. Um, But I think that it was, I think that everyone was on the same page and it was, it was a great team and just learning from the seniors, how they were such good role models and that they would always tell us to treasure every single moment. It's cliche, but it's absolutely true because I'll just never get to play with them again. So I think I absolutely loved my freshman year. I loved it. It was great. But I think the slow start and sometimes the puck luck did kind of hold us back from achieving our full potential. Yeah, that's the worst when you play the you play much better. You have such a good game and just the puck doesn't bounce your way. That's hockey sometimes, but it's the worst feelings after a loss, knowing that you gave it everything you had and you still couldn't find a way to win. That's I feel like those are more brutal losses than game blown out, at least in my opinion. Absolutely. It's it's just it's yeah, you're in the locker room. It's just it's tough. Like you you should have you you know you should have had the different result, but it's just not there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's beyond frustrating. Yes. And you just sort of have to learn to sort of try to move on from it because you have a game coming up either the next night or the next weekend. And if you just continue to dwell on it, then it's going to affect you for the next game. So it's sort of working that mental game, I think is important that I think a lot of players don't really talk about, but it's something that I've been trying to learn as well. Yes. I think the mental aspect towards any sport is crucial. Um, and that was very important with, with our team. I mean, with if facing a loss that shouldn't have happened, you have to take it, learn from it, but then erase it and then start practice on Monday with a new slate. Now, one cool thing about let's one cool thing about your team is you get to play in one of the oldest um, ranks in college hockey and Hobie Baker. Uh, what's it like playing at that rank and just talk about the hundred year anniversary when the Stanley Cup showed up? It was so special having such deep, rich history every single day when you come into this rink is absolutely fantastic. It just shows you what Princeton hockey is about. It, you see the players hanging up on the wall. Hobie, who was a player, um, is we have a statue of him. And it's just getting the opportunity to play for such a deep history of players and the program is so special. And of course, having Hobie Baker 100 weekend there's so many alumni who are so passionate about Princeton women's hockey, Princeton men's hockey as well. Um, and I think that just the atmosphere during that weekend was so special. And it also translates to the rink. I mean, it's it's beautiful and stone. And it just shows what not only how deep Princeton's hockey is, but also the campus, that it truly values hockey and our beautiful facility. Uh, what are your team's goals and expectations uh, for next season? win a national championship. I think that's that's the goal, of course. But I think that having a better start, it's it's in a disadvantage that Ivies have getting as like when you play your first game, some teams already have played a couple of games. It's a disadvantage, but I think that having a wonderful start in the beginning of the season will translate all the way towards the end um, to achieve our goals to win a national championship. I don't have your schedule up. Who's your first team that you play next season? Because I know you guys announced your schedule a few weeks ago. I feel like I should know this, but I don't. 
Oh, it's it's RMU. It's RMU. Yes, it's non-league. Yeah, but that's the first not- game back too. That's is it? Yeah, or <laughs> that's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> that is going to be very exciting. Yeah, it's RMU for sure. Is it um, at Princeton or in Pittsburgh? At Princeton. Oh, I was going to say if it was at Pittsburgh, that's kind of a homecoming for you. Or you yeah. never played there. Yeah, I I'm a DC stan. I love Maryland, mm-hmm. Virginia, DC. Yeah. So that's just I bleed Washington Capitals forever. Oh uh, well, so we're now in the segment I like to call the non-hockey segment, where I ask you some non-hockey questions to get to know you and your team a little bit more off the ice. Uh, first one is, uh, what is your most embarrassing hockey moment? I guess it's not really a non-hockey question, but it could be. My most embarrassing hockey moment. This. I, this actually, I don't know the answer to this one. Never I, been, you never been checked before. Never gotten your ankles broken. Of course, numerous times. I think that one of the most embarrassing hockey moments. Well, I think that <laughs> besides from like getting absolutely yeah dangled and stuff, but I think that in um, Pensley, my first year at Pensley, since we have yellow helmets. Um, we didn't, my family didn't know if I was going to play for them for two or three or four more years. So my dad and brother took a black helmet and spray painted it yellow. So the first couple of weeks at Pensley, I played with a spray painted helmet. I think that's beyond embarrassing rather than just getting a normal yellow Bauer helmet. I played with the spray painted one and I think that was quite embarrassing. Did it chip off at all or did it look, look, yeah. look, look, look oh, <laughs> it was, it was horrendous. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I remember hearing a spray tan story about someone who wanted to look tan before going to California. So he got a spray tan and then it started like when you sweat, it starts like coming off and like everyone was yelling at him. It was the funniest story ever. I forgot where I heard it, but that's probably the worst spray tan story I ever heard. If that makes you feel any better. Yeah. Um, My I don't really I've always say this in the pod, but just um, someone forgot to close the bench door and I fell inside when we're doing backward skating drills um, back in <laughs> back in youth hockey. So that's probably my most embarrassing one. He just fell back through the door. I wasn't paying attention because I was trying to go so hard to impress the coach because it was like one of our first practices and the goalie forgot to close the door and I was just like fell in and it was like <laughs> just took me by surprise and like I hopped right up. So but that was definitely tough. I tried to make it seem like that never happened, even though it did. Goalies. Yeah, that's why they're the weirdest on the team. That's exactly why. It's just bullies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what music do you like to listen to? I I love country music. I absolutely love country music. So that's when, when we went to Nashville, it was just the history of country music was right in front of me. Um, but as well as pop. Um, so this summer I went to a Zach Bryan concert and I'll be going to Morgan Wallen in September. So I absolutely love country music. Yes. Yeah. I've been a huge Morgan Wallen guy for the last year. I know I've sort of hopped on the bandwagon, but that new album is fantastic. I love the song Tennessee Fan. I was yeah. listening to today on my way home. So shout out to him. He's definitely not going to listen to this, but I like his music a lot. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I think his last album is phenomenal. I agree. Sorry if there's background noise. Sorry. No, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Now let's get to the style question. Um, who has the best off the ice style on the Princeton women's hockey team? Jane Kuehl. I think that's Jane. Her style is through the roof. You walk into her closet and it's just phenomenal. And each game day outfit she plans. I think that also Mariah Keppel was absolutely amazing. 
but those two, yeah, it's it's pretty difficult to compete with them. I think that everything had to be perfect. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the top 10 um, styles of the year, but I'm pretty sure she was number two or three. So, and I thought yeah. she had the best um, uh, Nashville fit with the, with the cowboy hat and then the orange pants with the, I thought that was super cool. Absolutely. That's, that's why Jane should have been. Yeah. She absolutely had to be there. Yes. Her Nashville outfits were phenomenal. So is it just her and her sister ever have competitions though, who can show up to the rink the best because Annie's up there too. I think she was on the top 10 list as well. So Annie has wonderful style as well. I think that the, both of them have a great style. Uh, I think there has to be internal sister <laughs> competition. It's I just, know they probably won't admit it, but like it has to be. <laughs> there has to be. I mean, they're sisters. They're played for the same team. There has to be. There's always internal between siblings, <laughs> internal competition. Now, who's the funniest on the team? The funniest would be. I think that. Funniest would be probably our our goalie, Jen. Jen is quite, she's so funny. Her personality, she can crack a joke at any time. Uh, her stories in the locker room are unforgettable. So I would say, yeah, our goalie is probably the funniest on the team. Oh, uh, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? I would probably do Neil Armstrong. I think that he's being the first person on the moon. I think that's so special to hear about his experience on the moon and like being the first one in space exploration. That's something I am quite interested in. So having the ability to talk to him about his, why he wanted to do that and how he trained for that, it would be something very special. Uh, for me, probably Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady. Yeah. I think that would be super fun. Just hearing how he sort of went from sort of an unknown prospect to becoming one of the best football players of all time. That would be a lot of fun to hear his sort of perspective on, has come up and all that and sort of the adversity he went through and what advice and like inspiration he would give oh yeah yeah absolutely uh, maybe he could invite me to that hamptons party that he was just at last week um i'm just saying tom if you're listening i would love to have a conversation with you. <laughs> where are yeah. other people's invites yeah exactly <laughs> seemed quite exclusive oh I yeah think. i think you had to be an a-lister at least to get in there but there's some basketball players i'm like how did you get in there if i'm being but, honest yeah. <laughs> There were some social media people that just I do not think are A-list. Speaking of uh, that party, what's the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Interesting thing I've read or seen this week. I've read, I'm, I'm interested in science. So I was reading the news and I read about um, how they're trying to convert energy from like the sun in translated to microwaves um i do not remember the exact specifics but i think that could change um the future of um of renewable energy so that was something that was very interesting hopefully they figure that out because on fourth of july it was the hottest day on earth in like 120 something thousand years um so it's really? definitely oh yeah I, I i saw it somewhere i don't know if it was true or not but it's definitely something that we need to start being concerned about in my opinion yeah, absolutely. And I think that like scientific innovation is quite fascinating personally. So hopefully they do that because it is quite hot and I would want more snow in the winters. Same, same. Uh, for my most interesting thing, I saw something where Facebook created a new version of Twitter called Threads and how it's trying to compete with Twitter just because people are sort of being tired with Twitter uh, because of some of the new policies and how it's been structured. 
I'm pretty interested to see like how it's going to do against Twitter and um, if Twitter can be overtaken because it's obviously been one of the more staple social media apps in the last decade. And I'm just curious to see because um, Instagram has, or Facebook has done it with Instagram and Snapchat sort of buying it out. I'm curious if they'll do it with Twitter as well and sort of have a own all the social media apps that people use. Well, did you hear about like Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk potential boxing match? I did. I feel like Musk is sort of playing that up to get attention. I don't think it's actually going to happen. But if it did, I would totally watch. And because I think Zuck's actually a good fighter from what I've seen on YouTube. I think he actually, yeah, he actually does. I think he would win. Mm-hmm. Um, could be. Yeah, I, I think it's for publicity, but it could be Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. We'll see. But I just thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, it is, absolutely. I, I think when more, if more like higher profile people join that app and start using it more, that's sort of when it's going to turn to become more mainstream, in my opinion. What's it called? Threads? Yes. Threads. We'll it's, see. In the, in the I'm not going to get until it becomes mainstream because I, I hop on those bandwagons all the time. I did it. I've done it with every social media app that's ever existed. So we'll see what happens. That's sort of, I always wait and see until. I decided to join. Not going to set the path for threads? No, no, no. It took me a while to join um, like Instagram and uh, TikTok. So um, <laughs> it'll probably take me a while to join threads at some point. We'll see how popular it gets. Yeah, that's interesting to continue to look at. Now, getting back to some hockey questions now, uh, what should be done to help grow women's hockey from your perspective? I, from my perspective, I think that more female coaches who inspire young girls I think their speeches are very crucial and I think that their exposure to young girl athletes are very important because growing up I was only um, exposed to male coaches I didn't I personally didn't even know that there was like a female side of hockey all I did was just enjoy the sport and play with boys because there were no girls teams around, but except one, but um, it wasn't as strong. So I think that seeing those older players and older coaches and their experiences and that there is um, an outside, that there is a big future in female sports is very important to grow the game. Now, for all these younger players that are listening, what advice would you give them on what it takes to be a college hockey player like yourself? I think the most important advice is to take through your career, you have many coaches and I think it's important to take something from each coach. Each coach will have their own, his or her own impact on you. They could have this little tweak to your game, but even from one practice or meeting a different coach, I think that it's important to grab one aspect and just add it to your toolkit. And that in the future will help you because players probably can't count how many coaches they've had but once you learn one little thing from them it will all add up and benefit you as a player well any shouts you want to give to your teammates family members or friends and who should we have on the podcast next it could be someone that we've already had on as well hmm i don't have any specific shout outs i think that it takes a village to like make a hockey player and i think that ranging from all my coaches my family a uh, special shout out would probably be to my dad, who's absolutely been done above and beyond for my career. Um, I think that it takes a village. So to everyone that has impacted me, but I think, hmm, 
who would be next on the podcast? Does it have to be from someone from Princeton? Or it could be anybody no? that you know. I think that it would be interesting. I played with her for several years, Lainey Potter. Mm-hmm. She plays. She's going to be a freshman at Wisconsin. I think that would be very interesting to listen to Lainey's story. And she's a great person. So, yeah, her. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for coming on the podcast. How do you say that in Russian? Спасибо за то, что ты пришла на подкаст. I probably, I don't know how to say that, so I, I won't it? repeat it. I, I do get it a little bit. I got the podcast part, but it's definitely, I would love to learn different languages. So at some point, I feel like I got to gotta work, get on that a little bit. But thank you so much, though, Catherine, though, for coming on the pod. I appreciate your time. It means so much to myself. And I wish you nothing but the best uh, for your future endeavors. And good luck in the math class. I know you're going to do great, but I appreciate your time. It means a lot to myself. Great player, great person. And uh, we definitely got to meet up after a game sometime. That would be absolutely wonderful. Thank you. I definitely need luck in summer math. Um, <laughs> that is very needed. Thank you for having me. It was absolutely a pleasure to be on. I've always seen the videos and I am so grateful to be on. Um, finally get to meet you and your story. And I'm so happy that you're an Ovechkin fan. It's, it, it warms my heart. It just absolutely does. Yeah, uh, I would say, though, I'm more of a Bruins fan than Ovechkin fan. So but it, it sort of intertwines a little bit. <laughs> we couldn't leave it at Ovechkin fan. <laughs> Fine. Hey, yeah. the Bruins and Caps have won the same amount of cups in the last 10 years. So I feel like it evens itself out a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully the Caps beat the Bruins and have more. Hopefully the Bruins don't face the Capitals at all. And the Bruins will find a way to win the cup. That's sort of, it was supposed to happen last year and it didn't. So I'm not going to wish, I'm just, if it happens again, I just hope we have a sort of, uh, sort of a, I don't know what it's called. They go on a run and they somehow win it next year. That's sort of what I'm hoping for. I'm going to hope the same for my team. You can hope the same for the Bruins. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. One step forward and another back. I will never try to fool you. I'm one heartbeat away from going mad. Girl, when you look like that. Yeah, I got me, baby, got me hooked on you once again